<laughs> Listening to Rule the Galaxy, you are. Do or do not subscribe. Well, do. Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans. It is Joe in the pilot seat for chapter 122 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for giving us a try. If this is your first time with us, I know probably a lot of you are hanging out just because Steve Glosson's here, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so again, it's chapter 122 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. You can always follow us at Rule of the Galaxy SW on Twitter. Email us, rulethegalaxysw at gmail.com, which we've been getting some good emails. And um, follow us on YouTube or Facebook at Rule the Galaxy. Again, I say it every week. We don't do a lot on Facebook, but we're starting to do more and more on YouTube. So check us out there. But enough of me. Let's go to the great co-host. I'm going to just start clockwise here because on this call, I can see you guys this way. We're going to start with my cousin uh, from the north side of Indianapolis, not getting as much snow as I am, Mr. Nick Chesky. How are you, Nick? I'm good. We still got a lot of snow, but... Uh, I, I'm doing great. Last podcast, I said I was digging through all of my Star Wars stuff that I pulled out of storage. Mm -hmm. And while I've not gotten that far, one of the things that I found recently my son is a big fan of is the Han Solo blaster that I had when I was like six years old. But uh, for some reason, it's red. I don't know why it's red, but I still think it's cool. And if you can hear it, still makes noise and pulled it out. And my kid's been running around all week. Finally, he, he won't say mama yet, but he will say Star Wars. So <laughs> I consider it a win. You know, uh, I love that gun. And you're right. They did change all the colors in the next batch when they all came out, I believe. And Steve and Alfie will be able to tell me later when. But my son was so adamant about it being black that I had to paint the white stormtrooper wow. gun black, the orange on solo gun black, and they still work. We got them here in the office right behind me. So uh, that's a great item. And I'm glad it still, uh, still shoots for you there. So still glad shoot. to hear your son's already jumping into star Wars with us. Uh, Brent Dykeman, always a friend of the show, Mr. Legion man. How you doing Brent? So I believe the reason why they went with the yellow, there was a law that the toys had to be completely different from regular guns because of the fact that, cops were mistaking them. So I believe all toy lines around the late nineties, it was a federal law that they couldn't resemble mm. actual weapons. So I think that's why they started making them in the high high vis colors. So you could distinguish between the two because people were getting confused. With that being said, um, take love to escape the real world and all of those in interesting tidbits. Uh, if we are in the Midwest in the middle midst of snowmageddon, uh, getting dumped on we're in like the six to six to eight inches joe and i disagree on about how much we've had um but yeah so i can avoid shoveling the the the, the driveway for a little bit and talk some talk some wars well it's good to have you and we've loved checking out your star wars legions you were showing us pre-show i'm sure you'll bring some back during the show and i have to ask you your thoughts did I break the law by painting my son's guns black? And could I have maybe gotten him shot by accident? Yes. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, I, I honestly believe that they can't they can't sell them, but I think you can modify them aftermarket. But I don't. Again, there was they can't sell them looking the same. There had to be something that made them distinctive, and they quite during that time they went completely outside of the realm of reality. Um, and they've slowly walked it back where now there's just little parts that have high vis colors on them. There we go. Always. There's a few guys on this panel that I can always go to for answers. Brent bringing the heat right there. Alfie, the next guy, the book of Alfie. How are you, sir? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Um, I've been shoveling snow all day. Um, <laughs> my back's out. I'm heavily medicated. So, Ooh, Oh, bonus. that's right. You yeah. have a bad back. Yeah. Yeah. I may okay. be a little slow, but you're perfect, Alfie. Yeah, we like you just the way you are, no matter if you're slow or fast. Um, D Doc, Mr. YouTube. Hey, I watched you on the Somebody Show on YouTube the other day. That yes. was pretty awesome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I actually, I've actually known those guys for probably I don't know, maybe seven years now. So. Yeah, Chris actually was in uh, the movie How High with Messed Man and Red Man, if you've ever seen that movie back in the day. He played Bart Fart in that movie. And um, yeah, it's kind of like a cult classic. But um, yeah, it was fun. They wanted me to be on that show. They recently did a Kickstarter and got a bunch of cameras and everything to do it. And yeah, it went, it went fast, but it was fun. Good, good. And I appreciate the plug. You plugged the Rule of the Galaxy podcast and youtube so thank you for doing that while on their show of course yeah of so. course yeah it was it, it was de it was definitely a good time so yeah i actually just turned 31 today as well so yeah. kind of a boring birthday i was just gonna you, you say, turn <laughs> happy birthday yes happy yeah. birthday it's 31 yeah, I, I just got this uh just got this hoodie i'm wearing if you're watching youtube and i freaking love this thing my wife got it from uh target for me and i'm just like this is incredible she got me a new desk so I can have a desk for the podcast. I won't be doing it on a folding table anymore. <laughs> but um, the back of the shirt has uh, very very cool. yeah. old school yeah. logo on it. So yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Good. Well, again, for, for you, happy birthday to all of our listeners and followers out there. Make sure when you hear the show, it'll be after his birthday. But send D-Doc a birthday message because he's a good guy and he's a ginger and he gets a lot of grief for that. So, but uh you know, that, that's a story for another time. Hey, our special guest who's been on the show a number of times and is one of the guys who I started doing podcasts because of guys like this guy right here, Mr. Steve Glosson. And he he's bringing the heat tonight with the Chewy's Cantina hat and the shades. Always good to see you, Steve. How are you doing? The wordle today is shard. Shard. <laughs> that is today's Spoiler wordle. alert. Wordle. Uh, doing well. Thank you so much. I want to come back to the shade situation. I had not heard about these diff Star Wars uh, glasses, and mm -hmm. I'm looking at a man, and look, yeah, I, which ones did you get, Joe? I got the yellow Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot. What are you sunglasses. thinking? What are you thinking, man? <laughs> what are you thinking? My come favorite on. color is yellow. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But you can't wear those. What? You Listen, this is all right. What this is, is this is like my face is so fat. I need as much as I can to cover it up. And I'm going to play the role of someone who's acting like he's pretentious enough to wear God. shades on a, on a YouTube podcast. You can't put these on and even pull the, pull the plane around off. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you be look on like next you episode. look like 
I guarantee you look like a, I'm going to have to go. I'm sorry that I have not seen you wearing those. Yeah. That's the stuff. That's the stuff serial killers are made of, man. <laughs> yes. Coming on here yes. with your with your yellow shades. What are you going out to the shooting range next and and firing off a few rounds? No, yellow makes me happy, Steve. I mean, come on. We all have yeah. to have our. And you know what? My wife got them for me. So oh. if the person who loves me most in the, the world dude. got them for me, then oh. come on. That's... I understand. Listen, listen. I get it. But you know what? My wife has bought me some gifts before that haven't panned out too. So. Um, <laughs> It's okay. Look, <clears throat> I understand you guys are up in the, uh, they, they've renamed Indianapolis. They are renamed Indiana Hoth. And, <laughs> yes. um, and you're facing the snow. Um, it is a, it is a balmy, like 68 degrees outside right now. We had to turn the air conditioning on in my house. So, um, I'm pretty miserable. I hate that mess. I'm like, we get enough mm-hmm. of this in the summer. I need cold weather again. So I think we've got a front coming through soon not listen no one cares about the weather in our respective areas not after an episode of uh the book of boba fett like we just had yeah yeah we we do we do need to sound talking like we're all 80 year old men young people get off our lawn and all that kind of stuff with and talking about the weather i agree but come on it was just it was just chit chat that's all but i'm i'm happy for you that it's that warm um, but anytime you want to visit and like do some cosplay stuff in Hoth, you can come up here and do that with us. We'll, we'll have you up and, you know, what character would you want to be on Hoth? What character would I want to be on Hoth? Yeah. If we did a cosplay. Oh, um, well, when you're fat like me, I'm either going to have to be a Tauntaun or the vicious Wampa Wampa living in ice caves on the dreaded tundra of Hoth. Oh, Beware, God. they're hungry. I, I, you know what? We weren't planned on that, but I was just hoping that if <laughs> I brought that your way, I'd set it up and you'd knock it down. And you did. Thank you so well, thank much. A um, couple quick things before we get to all the Book of Boba Fett, because let's face it, this was, I think for a lot of us, like we sat there in awe of some of the things we saw. And no show was perfect. I, I'm the first to admit it, but there were so many great things in this that I'm willing to say, Oh, there was a flaw there. Okay. Whatever. I I'm focused on all this good stuff here, but uh, a couple quick things. I did run a poll on Twitter this week about the Mortis arc. And I, I really like the Mortis arc. I don't know why, but it's just something that speaks to me in the clone wars. And we had like 150 votes on it. And I said, do you either like it, dislike it or other 75% like the Mortis arc. I, I was really shocked that it was that high. I would have thought it would have been, you know, more down the middle or even the Mortis arc from the clone wars. Yeah. That's I'm surprised that it's that low. Really? Yes. The Mortis arc is an incredible trilogy of, of episodes. I agree. I love it. I'm going to guess that somebody on this panel right here does not agree with you on that. Who, who raise your hand. Cause we're on YouTube and I can see who liked Mortis arc. So we got Nick Alfie. Uh, Steve Glosson, DDoc probably hasn't seen the Mortis Arc yet, have you? Of course, Brent does not like the Mortis Arc. Oh my gosh, Brent, go paint your little miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so yeah, that, I want to hear my, Brent. Bring my, it. my, my I've, I've said this before, but my biggest problem with it <laughs> is it's lost. It, I felt like I was watching Lost, and I felt like it was just the exact same thing as Lost. It was Star Wars version of Lost. 
No. And I couldn't get over it. You're absolutely wrong. It is um, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it is it is the Clone War it is the Clone Wars version of the cave on Dagobah in Empire. It is meant to be a vision shared amongst the three Jedi. Um and it's a meant to look at what uh, there's there's a whole it, like the lore that is behind all this thing is you dig into you're getting into the depth of the force and the fullness of the force. Um Gee whiz, man, I got to pull up my notes um, on, on that at some point, because listen, that is an incredible piece of storytelling, and it, and it really dives deep into the mythology of the Force with the balance and everything, and it shows mm. you just how out of whack things were, and the power of Anakin and everything else, and then when they come back, and it's the Wizard of Oz thing, of we were here all along, you know, kind of, it's, it is, it is a combination of Narnia and the cave on Dagobah, and, and just, all kinds of other just mythical storytelling and lost. Come on, man. That trumped up Gelligan's Island show. You're going to yeah. compare that. We, to, come on, man. We that's might. what it, that's <laughs> what it reminded me of. And that's why I'm not the hugest fan of that arc. I, and I agree with you, Steve, that from every conversation that I've ever heard is I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't see the, doesn't buy in, doesn't see, didn't resonate. I it, it's over my head. I'm going to have to send you some audio of myself and my friend Shaz Bazaar um, doing a doing a whole. We call it a forceology lab on the uh, on the trilogy there on on the uh, on that particular thing because when you get into the Mortis thing later on, as you get into some stuff in Rebels and and you begin to see some of the imagery and everything and other stuff, there's a great moment in Mortis where the 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 little dark side dude that bites Ahsoka he says something about um anyhow he's saying little lines here and there and then later on when we see darth maul is alive darth maul is saying the same things as that little guy so it's mm. just an amazing kind of all kinds of cool connections throughout that that spin out of that whole trilogy so you know what i'm sure that you also thought the last jedi was a great representation of luke skywalker on screen so um that's wow <laughs> wow I, I wouldn't say it was a great representation, but I didn't necessarily have, I could see where he went. I was fine with the story. I don't, I don't, Brent, I don't know that we can ever be friends now. I, I like don't you, know, Brent. I don't I know like how you. we're going to bridge this gap. That has been, I like you. I, I like you all. So I, I don't mean, know how we're going to bridge this gap that has been, that has been dug. I think, Brent, you know what, Steve, here's how we're going to bridge it. When we talk about book of Boba Fett in a minute, I think we'll bridge that gap right there. Um, just, of course, I'm just playing. I'm just playing around. <laughs> no. I, I completely understand. I get it. Um, I, so I know I'm on an island on most of those ideas. That's why you're great, Brett, because you bring different views that that's right. Other people Brent's out there on an island, pole vaulting with giant bamboo sticks, going and then using said stick to catch a fish. <laughs> I just want green milk. Give me green milk. green milk. Yeah, right out of it. That's right. I just I want green oh, milk straight from straight, the source. Straight from the source. That's right. So uh, one other thing that I wanted to ask is farm to I, table. Alfie, Alfie has been prompting us all on Twitter with some mystery thing that he's going to be getting soon. And now Ooh. with the snowstorm, it's gonna, it's probably gonna be delayed. <laughs> Alfie, are we gonna get any? Uh, you know, are you gonna tease us a little bit more of what it might be? Maybe give us a little sneak peek of what this. I'm trying to forget be. it, man. It's been, uh, it's been the highest of highs and lows to lows for Star Wars this week. Okay, every everything I've ordered has been delayed. The mm -hmm. The Boba Fett helmet has now been pushed back again. It's been, it's been a year and a half, man. 
<laughs> hold, hold up. You haven't got the Boba helmet yet? No, the rearmored Boba Fett helmet? No. Oh, oh man. Alfie. I'm sorry. I am too. Yeah. It just Brent, keeps. I don't know. Has anybody gotten them? <laughs> Are they? Have they been released anywhere? I I don't know. Mine just keeps getting pushed back. I feel like I've seen like two day shipping on those on Amazon. Two day shipping on Amazon in stock right now. Need <laughs> yeah. wait for a year and a half. Is this the Is this the Mandalorian one? The Mandalorian Boba Fett rearmored. The real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I ordered yeah. it. I pre ordered it the day that you could. Electronic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I could get it by February sixth. One nineteen ninety nine. Add to cart. Just cancel your other order and get on Amazon, bro. That's what I already paid my, for it. Hey, I just want to pre-order. I just want to be clear. This is the one that you ordered a year in advance and were waiting on, and it was supposed to come in on January first, twenty twenty two, and you thought you missed it because it was twenty twenty one. Right. Yeah, that's the one. I just want to make sure I was clear on that. Ouch, that does hurt. Turn that yeah. crown upside down and get your get a refund and go to Amazon. Yep. I agree. <clears throat> Jeff, okay. Jeff Bezos is just like all these Star Wars fans <laughs> pre-ordering. I'll have two-day shipping right when it comes out. He's he's the emperor. He's like, yes, excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> hey, not, not to focus too much on Steve because we're all going to talk, but I did ask questions on Twitter for people to bring to Steve right. for him being on the show. So Adam Bray, mm. good friend, oh. author Adam Bray, who I tell you what, if there's a more diverse person who's done more odd things in his life than Adam Bray, I haven't found them yet. But, and he's and he's a good man too to go along with all that craziness. Um, Adam Bray wants to know what would be the name of Steve's personal starship. Well, since it's not taken anymore, I would just call it the Slave One. <laughs> oh, just to tick everybody off, just to <laughs> just to own the galactic libs. I guess I don't know. Oh what, gosh, <laughs> I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. I just the coffee just kicked in apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. So it'd have to be something like the goal one or something like that. The okay. The yeah. Um. The 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 Goaliverse one or the Goaliverse fifteen or Goaliverse twenty five something like that. Yeah. The Millennium Goal. I don't know. Okay. He thought it might be something related to Wicket, but I'll, I'll take the Goaliverse. I, you know what? I would call it, it. It depends on what kind of ship it is. Now, see, that's the other thing. Is this a luxury ship? Because if it's a luxury ship. It's going to be called, you know, you have to name those like people name their boats. Yeah. Something, you know, or their horses, you know, so it'd be like Wicket's Surprise or something like that. Um, you know, Wicket's Day Off. That's what it would be if it were like a luxury yacht, Wicket's Day Off. <laughs> Wicket's if day I'm off. a smuggler or a bounty hunter, though, it's the gold, you know, the gold 95 or whatever you want, you want to call it. So for Geek Out Loud. You got it. So, you got it. Yeah. Hey, real, real quick. I just just add this in here. Um, and I'm going in all different tangents, as you can tell. I'm just everywhere. Um, I was watching the Book of Manning on Disney Plus tonight with my wife. And the Book of Manning, great book, by the way, but the, the, the documentary of it is really good. But our good friend, Ryan McGee of the SEC Network and ESPN, he did part of the narrating and part of the stuff in the book of manning video it was awesome a reporter so, from incredible hulk mr mcgee don't make me angry. no no from espn oh okay and the sec network but if you haven't checked it out go check it out because our good friend from the show and big star wars fan ryan mcgee is in it and it was really cool and i'm sitting there watching i'm like whoa whoa i know him i've been yeah it was just really cool so and he does a really good job so you know just throwing that that was i was spitballing that and throwing that in there um Another person, let's see who this is, Steve. Um, 
They are just be outside or at JF Kocher or Kocher. Oh yeah. On Cal Twitter. Farmer. Cal farmer. Yep. Okay. He wants to know to Steve, his favorite future famous person, Sam meets in quantum leap. Mm. How many, uh, wait, 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 wait. Have, how many of you have watched quantum leap? I mean, I have. Okay. So a couple of us. All right, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. I got to be honest with you. Shopdisney.com has it in stock right now for $119.99 <laughs> as well. We're still on the helmet. You're just going to keep rubbing this in, huh? As much as I can. Um, <laughs> I can't really get a refund for it. Where did you pre-order it from? China? From Best Buy. Best Buy? I bet you can. I bet if you try. Pitch a fit, man. You'll mm -hmm. at least get store credit. Um have your wife call. They 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 probably would have a hard time. Yeah, but that would upset. be my luck. Is I would get it done and then not be able to get it right afterwards. Mm -hmm. Something would happen. I've waited this long. The window of <laughs> yeah. something catastrophic <laughs> happening Understood. has closed. Alfie, you've waited long enough to be a Karen. Be a Karen yeah. about it. That's right. <laughs> It's February, it's man. That's true. It's a month after shipment delay. That's yeah. right. I'm sorry. We cut in. So we're talking helmet helmet gate here, Steve. But you're you're quantum leap future famous. Um, I I you know what? I'm not familiar enough with quantum leap to pull to pull one out of my hat there with That's that. That's okay. I, I I, it know. shocked me, but I felt like I had to ask because yeah. this guy. I thought maybe there was a connection between you and him, and you know, you know he it, may be expecting me to say something that he knows that I that he thinks I should know. Um, he's a good dude. I know that much. Okay. So good, yeah. good. Um, I don't have a lot more, but I do have a few more things. Willie Harms, who's a great listener of ours and, and great follower on Twitter. Uh, he wanted to know from everybody here, will we see boffins in the Andor series? And I'll just go around the room and give you a yes or no or any comments. Nick Chesky, as he's contemplating there, what do you think? Will we see boffins in the Andor series? If you do, my gut tells me it would be a throwaway. Only because by the time you get to the line where uh, General Nadine says, you know, many Bothans, or excuse me, Mon Matha Mon says, Matha. you know, many Bothans died. We're all the way at Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. You could see it, but I think it would be like a supporting character, kind of like a K2SO or something like that. I don't think it would be like we get to see the Bothans going after plants. I don't know. Maybe. That would be a fun little spoiler. But then again, in light of this last episode of Book of Bubble we looked at, anything's on the table. So bring it. Okay. Brent, you think we'll see Bothans? Yeah, I know you're looking forward to Andor. Yeah, I mean, so I'll go back to the sizzle reel that I first heard back about a year and a half ago now in December. It said there are going to be 200 named characters. So in that 200, there's probably going to be a Bothan or two. And if I don't know if they'll be a named character or a main character or if they'll just be in the background. Um, I don't know, but you, we haven't seen them in anything, correct? I, I they was were, asking myself the same thing today. Were they in the sequel trilogy or were they in Rogue One? I couldn't remember. Go ahead, Nick. I, Solo, maybe? They were in something. And when I say that, they were in the Clone Wars, I believe. Either Clone Wars or they, they were in something because we've seen them in real, like, I only remember them from comic books. And I only remember them from listening to um, the Thrawn trilogy, the original Thrawn trilogy. Mm. And, and oh, Mon Mothma making it? that statement. But the, yes. And like the second one and the third one were pretty solid and like, like kind of 
used them as the plot to drive the plot for both of those, the second and third book. Maybe it was the comic books. Maybe you're right. Alfie, D-Doc, or Steve Glosson, will we see Bothans in Andor? And does it matter? I think it would be cool because, I mean, they do have that one key line in there, but, I mean, hell, they made a whole movie of Rogue One off of a key line in the beginning of A New Hope. So, any comments? I had to look up what Bothans are. I've never heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being dead honest. (laughs) So, you know what, Willie? I'm going to say no. We're not going to see them. I'm going to break your heart. (laughs) What? What? I know Wally. He is awesome on Twitter. <laughs> Pain Med Alfie or or Steve? Any any thoughts on Boffins? I would say yes. Eventually, you know, somebody's going to throw him in there just from that line alone. They've been part of the lore for so long. Will they be important to the story? I, I have no idea, but I, I would imagine at some point they get a little scene, little cameo. Okay. Is it bad that I don't know what they are? Is that like a violation on my part? Yeah, you're you're suspended for a week. It's what well, it's that you say you've never even heard of them before, and it's like a it's like a made it's a line that is like front and center in Return of the Jedi when Mon Mothma just looks and says, "It's not that you haven't seen them. It's not about that. It's about when she says, many Bothans died to bring us this information.'" information. And um, Family Guy uses it all. Also, you know who I really don't like? Bothans. Ooh. But to be honest with you, D-Doc, no, because a lot of it comes from a book. And as you know, I'm not a book guy. I've listened to them. So the the lore of the Bothans comes out of the comics and the books. So it is not a... Comes from Return of the Jedi. Okay. It is said one time. There, It is mentioned in one word in Return of the Jedi. Okay. But, Nick. The, but the lore and everything comes from the books and the comics. You're right. Brent's wait, right. Wait, 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 though. We've seen this in visuals somewhere. And I'm going to spend the sure. whole remainder of the podcast looking this up Track because even in my short Google search, he looks like the freaking uh, mentor to the teenage mutant ninja turtles. The splinter. I, he, they I could do. have sworn got... there was a boffin in the sequel trilogy. There was yes. not. There, there no. wasn't. Um, There's no live not in the sequel trilogy, only but... mentions. The, the the we have Alfie's right. It's been in comics and stuff where we've seen and and video games, we've seen some boffins. Um, but you've not seen them hmm. on screen. There was a bu- there's a bust of a Bothan in the background in Attack of the Clones. Brent is right. The, 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 what it. we know most about Bothans comes from the novelizations and that sort of thing. Particularly, Timothy Zahn really leaned into the fact that many Bothans died to bring the information about mm-hmm. the, the second Death Star. And you have the whole, someone mentioned Borsk Fela and everything. Like the whole idea, he was like this political you know, adversary to Leia and you kind of hate him through the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and so, yeah. So what we know about the Bothans all come from comics and novels and that sort of thing. We've never really seen one live on screen. Okay. And I, at this point, depending on who the showrunner <laughs> is and everything for Andor, I think at this point, it's just going to be one of those things. If I'm in charge, I'm like, we're just going to leave them off screen. We're never going to show them just because it's going to be one of those things that it's always just a mention and, and, and off screen. But because they're going to get the big online headlines from everyone, they'll probably have a Bothan show up for the first time in Star Wars. This shows up in canon. 
You know, it'll be some huge headline where everyone's like, oh, what is it? What is it? It's a Bothan in the background in the Rebel Alliance base, you know, that kind of thing. And and uh, and so clickbait kind of stuff. So Andor season one, uh, scene 75, we have the first appearance of the Bothan. By the way, you mentioned, Brent, um, in the sizzle reel, reel, they said over 200 named characters. What I did really quickly when you did that is I Googled characters in Rogue One, and there comes up this grid of things, um, yeah. and there's 51 that's just listed on a Google on a quick Google search, 51 named characters out of a two-hour movie, and most of them are background deals because everyone wow. in Star Wars mm-hmm. these days are named for the action figure, so... You know, a named character could be that dude in the background headed into the bathroom. Oh, and, and I get I get that. Like, and uh, some of that actually comes to play in <laughs> what we're going to talk about in Mandalorian season 2.5 that we're going to talk about in here a few minutes. Yes, but, I like that you call it that. <laughs> that's, hey, that's what we're going with it as. And so, one, I like your idea of it being like Norm's wife on Cheers or Niles' yes. wife on Frasier with the Bothans being that, to where you never see them in a 10 or 11 season sitcom, I'm, I'm okay with that if the Bothans don't show up. But maybe it'd just be that cool little lore that we all hold on to, that one line right there. Um, a couple things just put on your calendar. One, if anybody's around Indiana, the Midwest, the Indiana Comic Con is going on April 15th to the 17th, and Moff Gideon, Giancarlo Esposito, will be at that event. And then for sure, we are, as a group, the Rule of the Galaxy, are going to be visiting... The ICCC, the ICC Con in Nashville, April 29th through May 1st. We'll have a table there, a booth there. We're putting all that stuff together behind the scenes. So we hope we see you there. But go check them out online. Last thing before we get to Book of Boba Fett, because that is what this is all about. And I do have more questions for each of us from, from listeners. I finished Fallen Star by Claudia Gray, the um, the High Republic book. Um, it was pretty good. And... Some key characters pass. Some bad guys become more bad guys. Um, you know, I'm trying to catch on to it and see if it catches my eye. I'm going to keep digging and digging every book until I go, wow, I can't live without this. But right now, it, it was a good story. It was interesting. Um, there's some good characters. So it wasn't anything that I was like, I got to write home about this. It It was a good, fun book, but still, I need the chart up to know every character and where they are because there's 875 characters in these books and we don't know any of them from a comic or from a uh, our animated series or a movie. So that would probably help or maybe put have Adam Bray put together one of those nice encyclopedia guides of the High Republic so we can all pay attention to that. So that's my soapbox and that's what we've got on that. Um, guys, I'll just throw it out there and say this. Um, I, I, I'm glad that Steve is on this episode because of what happened in Book of Boba Fett this, this week. And I, um, I saw some things that I never thought I would see, honestly, in the Book of Boba Fett this, this week, as we affectionately call it Mandalorian Season 2.5. Um, I see the Star Wars MCU coming together in Alfie's vision. I see things being brought together in all different directions. I'm seeing some things that are just like, I have to stop and pinch myself to think this just happened in front of me on Disney plus. Um, so let's start going into it and let's start talking about, uh, from the desert comes a stranger book of Boba Fett chapter six, 
Anybody want to throw out some initial thoughts, ideas, a topic you want to hit? We can go chronologically or we can just start spitballing and, and going in all different directions. Anybody want to hit anything to start? And we can go from there. Alfie, I'll let you start. Uh, bringing back Cobb Vance and his Marshall Raylan Givens, you know, character. That was really good. I like that. You know, right back into the, the space Western. I really hope we see more of his character. I hope he's a part of this team and I can't wait to see more. You don't think he's dead? No. Uh, he got shot in the shoulder and I think this is just my opinion, but Cad Bane basically laid it out. The huts laid it out. Bloodshed's bad for business. I came here. I offered you money. I shot you specifically in the shoulder so you would survive. I gun smoked your deputy. I could kill everybody here, but I don't want to do it. You survive. You get your people in order. Take the money. Keep your mouth shut. Everybody's fine. Agreed. Agreed. I like that. Nick, you had something. So I woke up on Wednesday morning at like six in the morning. And I already had like 10 mixed or like five or six missed texts. One of them being from Alfie saying, I thought you were going to say mixed drinks there for a second. But <laughs> no, 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 maybe no, no, That's no. just me. That would, that would be different. Uh, no, five or six missed texts. And one of them saying, you're not ready for what you're about to see. So when I started watching and I saw Cobb Vanth come on at the beginning, my immediate thought was, man, maybe this is what he was talking about. Maybe this is the, the extreme that I was not ready for. I think I was ready for that. I think that's, you know, I get it. Like it's a thing. Uh, I was not ready for what we were getting ready to see. But I will say the thing that I wasn't ready for was when he kind of, did you notice when he kind of flashes the marshal badge and mm-hmm. says, hey, I'm, I'm now a marshal. My wife, who does not watch Star Wars, was down here watching it with me uh, when, when it was going on. And I looked at her and I said, now we're talking about, you know, uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Like now we're getting into that. She looked at me, she said, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I said, that's okay. Like, that's fine. Like, this is this is the replacement for Cara Dune moving forward. Mm. Ooh. I can see that. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I like that. He's not as uh he's not as outgoing on Twitter. We'll put it that way. He's not as attractive i mean he is i'm sure to some people but to me he's no uh, he's got a he's got a certain uh je ne sais quoi <laughs> brent uh d doc or steve any first impressions or first thoughts before we just start buzzing through this so i have some casual friend fans that said uh i i saw on social media like casual star wars fans and not like the hardcore diehard podcasting types um that said i stood up out of my seat and fist pumped the air when i saw what i saw and then i like so i mean having watched it i know what he was referring to but like um there there were multiple people then another one of my uh star wars legion playing friends changed his screenshot to a silhouette of a man walking out of the desert um and so both of those were referring to the same thing that we'll get to later in the yeah. uh, discussion, but both of those were just like it, best episode ever were followed by like a string of conversations and comments between each other. That was uh, that brought a lot of people back or at least it brought, brought a lot of people joy from watching this. Okay. All right. Uh, D doc. 
I'll let you go. Yeah, I mean, just I know we're going to get into all the bits and pieces of it, but Feel just my to, general, you know, uh, yeah, just like my general view of this episode, it was kind of nice because this was like I never get to watch this show early. I always spend my entire day stressing that I'm going to get it spoiled, whatever. My kids happen to have to stay home from school. I put on a show for them in my room. I set them up, <laughs> gave them snacks. I'm like, if you guys need anything, let me know. I sat down, I had my coffee, and what a hell of a freaking episode for me to watch in the morning just to start my day, man. I mean, I was teared up at multiple points. You know, <laughs> I was emotional. It was amazing to see. They knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. All right. Mr. Glosson, any initial thoughts on this episode? I think one of my biggest takeaways from this episode was I was just glad to see Star Wars pushing the medium of storytelling forward again. Um, you know, with, with the appearance of Cad Bane for one thing and, and just the, the prosthetics that I know were also enhanced with digital looks and everything. I, I think that no, Cad Bane was one of my favorite characters to come out of the Clone Wars. I loved his vibe. I loved the, the I loved everything about him. So when he shows up in, uh, in live action and, and I knew the minute I saw the silhouette in the desert, I'm like, I can't believe this. And it was amazing to me that I ended up being a little more excited and, just kind of geared up for Cad Bane than mm -hmm. even Luke training Gogu, a Grogu, Gogu. What am I? Gogurt, Yogurt, Gogurt. What it, the the baby Yoda? Anyway, um, but also the other thing that was going on was Luke himself. There was a lot of technology that was being utilized to bring Luke mm -hmm. to the screen, and and look, we'll I'm sure we'll talk about when he looked like Luke, when he didn't look like Luke, the the sound of his voice and everything. But to pull that off, I mean, for the first time since they've been doing these youth, you know, these these characters where they where they de-age them and mm -hmm. put and and face whatever what deep fake them or whatever technology they're using to do create them completely digitally. This was the most realistic looking, you know, the eyes were there, the eyes weren't staring off into nothingness, you know, they they you you really got the sense that there was that physical person there and that it was Luke. Now the voice, there's a little bit of, you know, work with the technology. It's going to have to come to that to get some more inflection and everything in his voice. But this is what star Wars has always done mm -hmm. since 1977. Star Wars has pushed the medium of, of visual storytelling forward and it's done it by leaps and bounds. And finally, what we saw on screen was something done leaps and bounds ahead of, what other shows, what other properties, even my beloved Marvel are doing. And I think that is what Star Wars, that's the thing that was missing from the sequel trilogy for me. There was nothing new pushing anything forward. Um, you know, just one of those things, it, it was a mark of Lucasfilm during the days of George Lucas mm -hmm. that, that, that that's what they would do. And in fact, if you go back and watch DVD special features about any of these Lucasfilm movies, and I know there's only a few, but like from the Star Wars to Indiana Jones to Willow, you know, there was technology that was developed for just some, in some instances, like with Willow, the morphing technology developed for one scene, basically, in, in Willow and, and what all that became and just, and just how much that ILM did and everything. So I'm talking too much about that process, but that was one of my real takeaways from this, from this show is I was just happy to sure. see that now on an emotional storytelling level. Um, I have not been 
completely overwhelmed with the book of Boba Fett, but I think it's really telling that last week when the Mandalorian comes on the screen from the, from the get go. And this week when half of the episode is Luke and Grogu and a little bit of Mandalorian and Ahsoka. And that's the, like the best part for me of this series so far outside of Cad Bane. Um, I think that's telling of kind of how the story is going. So, and, and, but now I do like the fact that we are headed toward hopefully what is going to be a big explosive kind of action packed finale, but but I really, you know, I enjoyed it overall. Really excited about Star Wars. It's fun to be. It's fun to be excited about Star Wars. It is. It is. And and I know for me personally, when I saw when I saw um, Mando meet up with Ahsoka or meet up with R two, and then R two meeting up with Ahsoka, and Ahsoka meeting up with Luke. I mean, I was sitting there going, "This is hitting all the points that." I, it just felt right to me. It just felt like something one that I wasn't sure I'd ever see, and then two that it was all coming together. And and for look, I, maybe this show was made just for me, and the rest of you guys are just watching. I don't know, but it hit all the right points for me with those characters coming together and the conversations they were having and things like that. It just felt emotionally right. I didn't worry about the little things. It's like like you said, Steve, tweak that later. Right, keep getting better at that all the time. Bringing it back the way they did was just phenomenal. It just blew me away. Alfie, did you have your hand up? Were you going to say something? Yeah. Um, one of the things I really liked about this, going off what you said about the characters in the story and all this, you know, you think about all the YouTube videos we've seen in the past month, two months, you know, about will Ahsoka meet Luke? Will they? Is there any possibility? And Filoni's just like, well, yeah, hell yeah, they do. Here, look, they're best friends on the same planet. I'm not answering any of your questions because well, I don't know I've just guys. pretty much made a whole new series right here. I don't know you guys if they're going to meet or not. That's not something I'm really talking about right now. But, uh, you know, just keep watching. You never know what right. you see. So, you know, there's a story there somewhere to be told. Mm. We're going to get to that eventually. But, man, I just like his style of, yeah, yeah, they meet. They're, look here, they're best friends, and I love that shot of R two behind the starfighter, where for just a second it lined up with the you know his little slot, just a little callback to mm. the Phantom Menace. Hey, uh, Stephen Kent, who was a recent guest on the show and who wrote uh, "How the Force Can Save the World," right? And fix the world, save the world. I apologize, Stephen. I don't have it right in front of me because it's on my phone. Uh, he sent me a message and he said, turns out maybe I do like cin the cinematic universe after all. The Dave Filoni cinematic universe, as it were, has awakened and Star Wars is suddenly making more sense than ever before. The wall between its various fandoms and audiences are falling and I couldn't be more happy. Gen X Luke Skywalker was standing shoulder to shoulder with the millennial icon Ahsoka Tano and talking about Gen Z heartthrob Grogu this is Star Wars coming together. I really liked that. I thought that That's was really funny. cool that he was talking about fandom can all get along. And, and like we talked about Grogu being that great denominator, brought everything yeah. together right back when Mando first came yeah. out. I feel like they're, gonna, they're going, let's take the favorites of every genre, bring it together and make it to where everybody's not fighting, but instead saying, Hey, the, the person we idolize is with the person you idolize and they're getting, you know, they're connecting. Right. I just, well, I just thought it was well-written and, and pretty cool. 
Well, what's interesting, what's interesting about that is you have Ahsoka who began this journey as a character, like absolutely almost universally despised by Star Wars fandom. Surprise, Star Wars fans didn't like something. Um, and as that story of the Clone Wars goes on, she becomes more and more beloved to the point that, you know, it, the whole thing became what happens to Ahsoka, what happens to Ahsoka. And she kind of becomes the focal point for many people of the Clone Wars television show um, into Rebels. When she showed up in, sorry, a spoiler alert for those that hadn't watched. I feel like B-Doc probably hasn't watched this stuff and everything. <laughs> Guys, Ahsoka, Ahsoka's in Rebels. I'm sorry. Um, you know, at this point, if you're watching this show, she survives right on through past the empire and everything else. So, um, but for her to be standing as, 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 as he said, so eloquently shoulder to shoulder, Luke, that was a big deal to me. And when she actually mentions, when she says this phrase, he reminds me of your father, or it reminds me of your father. That to me is huge because, you know, she becomes that connecting point for Luke back to Anakin, but an Anakin that Luke never knew that he only felt existed, that he only felt the good, you know, still existing in Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. He never knew Anakin the way Ahsoka knew Anakin. Um, and so I think it's just fantastic that he's able to learn from someone who learned from his father. You know, and and he's able to take those failures. He's able to take the successes and he's able to here's I don't want to get off on this tangent. But as I'm watching this, I'm like. There's no way this guy ends up almost killing his nephew because he thinks there's a little mm. bit of darkness in him. Mm. There's no way he does that. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Uh. My point is, I just think it. I, I just thought it was really a great, great thing to see those two characters together and and of course they're of course they're together and of course ahsoka is figuring out her place in the universe this way you know she's still not a jedi she's just she's there because she doesn't know what else to do at this point she's waiting to see what's next for her and i you know that's i guess that's going to come down the pipe in the ezra series or whatever is coming i don't know <laughs> nick go ahead that was one of the most melancholy scenes of this whole maybe maybe of all of star wars for me where Ahsoka interacts with Luke Skywalker and you see, you know, mention of mention of Anakin and you see just this beautiful, like it's like years and years and years of emotional buy-in finally get paid off in this moment. And there's this weird release where like, I'm sitting here and I'm watching and I got my wife and I got my kid next to me and we're watching this and I'm not trying to be over, you know, over emotional, but you're sitting there and you're watching and you're going, Oh my gosh. Like this was your Padawan. When you watch Clone Wars, you watch Rebels, you watch all the stuff. When you watch Rebels, and again, maybe it's spoiler, whatever. When you watch Rebels and you watch her face off with Darth Vader, mm -hmm. and then you watch her later now talking with Luke Skywalker as he's building the Jedi Temple and Mando goes, man, what is this? And she goes, nothing now, but it's going to be something someday. Like it's going to be this temple you know, I was a part of the temple, but now this is going to be something bigger. Like to me, it was this very weighty emotional scene that I thought was so beautiful because it wasn't overt, but at the same point it was, it, it, and that's the beauty of this whole show, right? Like if you are not a big Star Wars fan, it's awesome. And you don't have to know very much, but it's very cool. And if you are a Star Wars fan, there are just emotional payoffs that you're getting the we'll talk about it later the Cobb van or excuse me the cad bane mm -hmm. reveal oh my gosh i was shouting in my living room 
And my wife thought I was nuts, right? <laughs> and I am nuts, but I thought it was amazing, you know? And so like, that's what I'm saying. Like to get this thing that we love and we talk Clone Wars Chronicles, you know, at nauseum on here and we're going to keep doing it, but it just, it makes me so excited for where we're going of Star Wars to see this in live action and to see the emotional payoff. I think it's so cool. Go D-Doc. Yeah, and I, I agree with Nick and it's like, I actually... <clears throat> One of my buddies, he hasn't watched any of the animated series. I've watched Clone Wars. I've started Rebels. And also, I don't care if there's any spoilers at Rebels. It's my fault at this point that I haven't <laughs> watched it. But also, you guys are the reason that I finally started to watch these animated shows was because I'm like, damn, I always felt like I'm such a big Star Wars fan. But there's this whole section of Star Wars I didn't know about. So it was funny because the second time I watched, my buddy who's never watched the animated series, when he saw Cad Bane show up, He's just like, who the hell is this guy? He's badass. Like, he's <laughs> freaky, you know? And it was kind of cool to be, I was just like, that's Cad Bane. And, and it was kind of cool <laughs> to experience someone who's never seen him before hearing their reaction to it and, and being like, this dude is crazy. And I'm just like, yeah, there's there's plenty about him, you know? You, you can go back and watch it. And J Joe, you've hit on this point many times. They're like, hey, you might want to go back and check this out. And that's the reason why I went and watched Clone Wars and why I'm catching up on Rebels right now. It's There's such good storytelling that they're building into all of this. And it doesn't feel forced either. It just feels natural. Like that conversation that Luke and Ahsoka were having, it felt so relaxed and normal. You're just like these two know each other, you know, it, it, it didn't feel forced at all. That, that makes me feel good to hear somebody say that because there's been plenty of stuff in Star Wars that doesn't feel natural, feels thrown together, feels like we're going to jam this in here to make this fit and work. And you know what, to hear you say that, that, that kind of fits with this show. You're right. It, it felt natural. Go ahead, Brent. I was just going to say, so it felt natural in the conversation, but I don't know if they know each other just based upon the way I read the dialogue. Very the way that I was, the way I was reading the dialogue, one, it didn't seem like she was living in the same planet with Luke. It seemed like something called her to there and she happened to be there. And two, it looked like she just was kind of the medium between um, Mandalorian, Grogu, Luke. She just was taking the message and, and then he said am i ever going to see you again like he didn't seem shocked to see her but i didn't read that there was a long relationship between the two of them however she did drop the nugget line in there that i thought was awesome which was such like your father so like there might have been more conversations than what i was reading but i didn't read a long relationship or that she was there with him i don't know like like i said i could have missed something but well, i didn't read that no I but Go ahead, Steve. I definitely, I agree with you, Brent. I think uh, to an extent, I think that Ahsoka is obviously traveling around the galaxy. She's got her own mission. When we saw her in the Mandalorian, she's looking for Thrawn. Mm -hmm. But Correct. the but the, the the coming into contact with Grogu, I think kind of set her off the path just a little bit, just slightly. And, and now with him reaching out in the force and her being a little bit more open to the force, you get, I do get the idea that they've known each other for a little bit. Maybe they're not besties, but for her to say, like your father, that lets me know that they've had the conversation. Who are you? Who are you? What's going on? And I also think that some of the disconnect there, Brent, may be with the actual technology that's being used with Luke. Um, there's still some emotional responses and reactions. And again, that voice stuff with him comes across a little flat sometimes and not really as connecting as, as maybe 
so ahead, I'm going to follow, I'm, I'm going to follow up to that. So when you were talking about the technical advances, you're right. So I'm not sure which technology they used, right? Cause in the, the gallery, they talked about two or three different ones mm-hmm. and I'm not sure which one they used, but typically when they put somebody in there like that, there's this glow to that person, right? So the Leia had this weird mm-hmm. glow to her when she was in rogue one, right. um, Tarkin had that weird glow in rogue one. They put him in dark and put him in shadow. So it wasn't as pronounced but there's that odd glow of the technology. He didn't have any of that, but there was right. still, it was still, yeah. and he was playing a very reserved character too. Yes. So he, yes. every line he delivered, he delivered with a slow, very flat, very flat almost. But also like I'm thinking before I'm speaking and I want to make right. sure that I'm going like this kind of like master, I'm going to go slow mm-hmm. through it is the way that I was taking it. And to go through that, I'm going to bring up what I like to talk about with like the training of a Jedi or the training. When I was watching the Rebels, a lot of the training of Ezra, it seemed like Kanan had no idea. He was floundering. He was floundering. But as soon as they threw Ezra into a high-stress situation, he was able to then turn it on, right? He was able to turn on or access whatever Kanan was trying to teach him. And then now he understood it. So then they can go back and practice it later. So I liked the fact that they used the training droid. And I liked the fact that he couldn't jump and he was kind of making fun of him. But the only thing that made him jump was a high stress. He was getting shot at. He had to avoid getting shot at. It's a high stress situation. So it allowed him to tap back into the jumping, the ability, his ability to jump um, in that high stress way. So training of the force takes high stress situations and then you go back. Now you understand what you can do it when you're in that high stress situation and you try to recreate that every time. Go ahead, Nick. Only because we've been, we've been talking about it. I thought just at first glance, and, and I said it probably three or four times to my wife as we were sitting here, the CGI deep fake, whatever they did for Luke looked so good that I, I, I was blown away. I, we said it on another podcast at some point, like, man, it's going to be really, cause like the end of season two Mando was good, but you also knew like just looking at it, man, this isn't, this isn't real. Like I know right. it's not real. And yet at the same point, this was so good that aside from the voice, you could have had me like, like I would have, <laughs> I would have been, if I was watching this without any, without knowing that Mark Hamill was in his seventies, I would watch this and be like, man, you know what? It's just what it is. Or 60s or however old he is. I would watch this and just go, you know, wow, that's a cool actor. I think he's awesome, you know? And so to me, I thought it was, it felt like they had pushed the edge even in what they did oh, from yeah. the end of season two of Mandalorian. Nope. I agree. I agree. Brent, go ahead. Just, they, they paid a man's salary. because so this is just from the gallery and just regurgitating what I had what I ILM paid a man's salary and we're not talking about like a low end employee. They played a, they paid a high end executive salary for six or nine months to sit in a room and work on one project. And then they didn't even use it. And then they didn't even use that technology. Like they're not going to spend that nine months of R and D to not continue to develop it. It just wasn't there yet. Like, so that was nine months going into Mando season two. We're probably going to add another 12 months onto the amount of time that he was working on it to get mm-hmm. it to where it's at right now. I'm saying like, they're paying a high, like you're not going to not just like throw it away. You're going to continue to develop it. until you can get something that looks like what you got. And well, that, that opens it up then. And you go, man, it looked so good 
that I would go, man, you can do anything you want at this yeah. point. Like, like you, yeah. could, you could show anything. You could go into that's, any timeline. That's the, that's the scary part of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can make mm-hmm. anybody say anything as long as you can get enough, you know, of their voice off of the internet. So like, I'm screwed if anyone ever, wants to <laughs> but, um, but also Brent, that goes back. You talking about them sitting in that room for that amount of time being paid that much. That goes back to the spirit of ILM. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, you, you think about when Lucas came back from doing the, the initial shoots on the original star Wars and he saw the special effects stuff that had been done. He was like, scrap it. We got to do it all again. This is no good because he wanted motion in there and the glow that you're talking about nick is the is the same thing that kind of if you look at the original uh versions of like star wars or some of the old 80s and 90s movies before before computer generated imagery was really a thing the um Mm -hmm. the the composite work they would do there'd always be like a little box around like especially if you see them in space you can see the you can see the box around mm-hmm. the, the ships as they're flying through because they're it's overlaid. It's something laid on something else, something else. And that's kind of that that's a little bit digitally what was happening, I think, with those faces and everything. The Luke here in this in this episode, there were moments where it looked like they had pulled Mark Hamill out of 1983 and brought him onto the set. But then there were other moments that looked like Kenner was actually trying to sculpt the face of an action figure <laughs> because they had that and they had the Mark Hamill face problem. If you look at any action figure of Luke Skywalker, like they're all over the board with head sculpts, even with the most modern version of like facial capturing and photorealism and everything, because he's just got what he Oscar Isaac has the same problem. Like they just have a face that's for whatever reason it's kind of hard to capture in that. And so I think it's some of the same stuff going on in the, in this episode, because there are times where I'm like, that's not Luke. That's not Luke, but it wasn't enough to take me out. I, I thought it was a great, a huge leap forward in this technology and this work. And, and there was the moment where he says, Grogu, that was Luke Skywalker saying his name. Mm-hmm. And like, it was everything perfect about Luke in that moment. And they also did a thing where if you go back and watch, you don't actually see him talk too much. Um, they they really tried to shoot around that mouth moving because there's a couple of times where it doesn't quite match up with the, with the, with the talkie talkie. Um, and so they try to, and so obviously that's something they're still working to kind of line up perfectly, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, I was blown away and it was very, there was an emotional touchstone there, uh, you know, seeing him and Grogu and Ahsoka and uh, it was good stuff. And it was half the episode and I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't have been more pleased that they actually spent that much time letting us spend that time with them. I'm not thrilled about the choice that he gave Grogu. I understand where they're going. I'm just not thrilled about it. I think that Luke of all people learned that not all attachment is bad and, and that, and that you can be trained to care and love, but still be able to work through, you know, being the, having the discipline of a Jedi. Well, and, and we all realize he'll have to get over that himself when Mara Jade shows up in the next season or something. Exactly. So, anyway, um, we have talked about a ton of good stuff, but there were different key things that I wanted to bring up. So I don't, I want to make sure we don't miss any of these things. Um, you know, one, uh, just as we start in the, the R2 going to sleep, shutting down, was that, was that a mental thing to like play games with, with Mando or, you know, what, what was that all about? Cause I, I stopped and I was like, is he shutting down until Force Awakens, or is he just doing this for a second? Or was he given time for Ahsoka to show, to show up? And he's like, "I'm out. I don't want to answer. I'm not going to answer any questions here." Nick, I'll let you go. I think. Okay, my thought: they were bailing out the sequels. 
by doing that. Because you remember when you watch The Force Awakens and they go, well, R2's gone into low power mode and he can't be brought out of it unless he wants to bring himself out of low power <laughs> mode. He goes into low power mode there and Mando literally like waves his hand in front of him. He's like, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. To me, I thought it was like a cool callback to go because the first time we watched Force Awakens, we're like, what do you mean he's in low power mode? Plug him in. Like, what, right. like what's what's going on? And to see to see him do that, I don't know. It gave me a little more sympathy, maybe more empathy, maybe it gave me some more understanding for the sequels. And I thought it was kind of a fun little pay payoff to something that we had seen before. Okay, uh, D Doc. Yeah, I, I, what I couldn't help but to think is, you you know how we've uh, discussed is R2 force sensitive. I mean, did he just know Din was showing up to see Grogu there? So we sent the signal out to him, you know, like he sent him the signal where they were when he was pulling up there. I mean, I guess, or maybe they, maybe they had a backdoor conversation as they were leaving. Like, Hey, I might visit you guys sometime. Well, that that's, Didak, you brought up a good point. That was one of my next questions. How the heck did he know? Was did did Luke give him his address when he left Mandalorian season two? I how did he know to go there, Alfie? He still has a tracking fob. Wouldn't on, there still on, be a bounty on Grogu? Possibly. Any other thoughts? I, I mean, I would say that's the. Do, do you think that the is necklace? also the nature of you know his training and business is tracking people down? Didn't he give him a necklace? Though, didn't he give him a mudhorn necklace or something? What did he give him? Gave him the well, the one with the skull of the mythosaur on it. That do he, you think it he, had a tracker in in it when when he gave it to him? He's a bounty hunter, man. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. He <laughs> got a lot tricked up his sleeves. I, I think it's as simple as he kept in. He he just they had a conversation about where we're going and what we're doing with this kid and um. And I think the R2 deal was just, I think it was all a plan. Like when the Mandalorian shows up, bring him here and make him wait R2. And, you know, and, and then there's Ahsoka. And so he's seeing these familiar faces. He hadn't really interacted too much with Skywalker, <laughs> but he's seeing these familiar faces so that he's able to hear, he could hear from Ahsoka what Skywalker, what he would not have been able to hear from Skywalker. And that is, if you go mess with Grogu right now, you're going to mess up his training. Gotcha. If Skywalker tells him that, I don't know that he'd believe it, but Ahsoka tells him that, and I, and that's what I think leads him to. And there, and it's such a great, it's kind of a heartbreaking moment, you know, when he says, but I have something for him. He, he just kind of is like, I just want to see him. Yeah, I just want to right visit him. You know? yeah, yeah, he's right there. Let me go see him. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a heartbreaking line delivery and 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 stuff. And, and so I, I think that, obviously, I think it's just a Jedi plan by them. Like, look, we got to bring him here, make him wait. And uh, and then see what he's after, see what he wants, and uh, and then and then go from there. And uh, and like I say, the Grogu decision at the end, I don't know how I feel about that. But Me either. Yes, I'm still up in the air on that. Brent, I think R2 shut down because he's afraid of ants. And I say that because of <laughs> because of the ant worker droids. That mm. what are those things? And uh, it's cool. I liked it. It made me think of Octu, but it didn't look like Octu. So I wasn't sure, but the, those little ant worker droids were a little interesting. It was just my way of trying to make a joke to get to there. No, I liked it. Um, okay, while while um, while we're having Mando lay down on a bench that was built specifically for him there, and R 2s asleep, you've got the interaction between Luke and Grogu, like we've been talking about, talking about Yoda, telling him how he spoke in riddles. I thought that was 
so great to bring that into it. But when he says, do you remember home? I can help you remember. Do you want me to help you remember home? And he puts that hand on his head and he takes him back to order 66. It was in the temple, correct? Was it in the temple at order 66? Because it was the 501st, mm -hmm. right? right? Shooting at the, at the Jedi there. That right there, that was another fist pump for me. When that scene came on, I was like, I cannot believe we're seeing this right here in this show right now. We're seeing clones battling Jedi in front of Grogu at the temple. And then Alfie, you brought up the symbols. If you want to talk about that real quick, that we're in the in the temple there. Yeah, it may, you know, let's be honest. We gobble up every little nugget of information and try to make something out of it. it may mean absolutely nothing, but to the right of the Jedi on the wall is the crest of Barris. How do you say your last name? Offy. Offy? Yeah. Um, does that mean anything? Because at this time, she would be locked up, I think, by the Republic? She would. She'd already had the trial, and yeah, she'd already been taken away. I don't know. Is there some more story of hers? Is that what, what, Did it remain in the temple? Is there any reason at all that Dave Filoni chose to put that one symbol in the one shot of the Jedi temple with Grogu. I have a feeling it's because she's oh, where be is it at now? In. When you, where, where do you see it at Alfie? When there's three, the three Jedi, mm -hmm. you're looking down the hallway be, from behind them to the very right up on the wall. I mean, it's kind of one of those things you really got to. I didn't frame it. it. Superman Alfie saw it. Well, people saw it. He's taking the shades <laughs> while he's. You're talking about the. Uh, sorry, I was Go gonna ahead. say you're talking about the scene uh, where Grogu is in Mace Windu's backpack, right? Oh, is he? <laughs> is on. it? Is it right to the right in the foreground, or is it back in the background? That's my own theory. Uh, let <laughs> me look at the picture. I have a picture of it. Is it Macy? There oh, should Mace. be a guy on the right holding a green lightsaber, and it's right? just. Right like at the tip parallel of his with his his elbow. Okay, I see what you're talking about. I guess the the thing is 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 that the the crest of Barris Offy, or is that something that Barris had based on it be, being a Jedi symbol of some sort? I don't know, man. <laughs> Alfie yeah. just likes to search stuff up in our text messages. Is what he likes to do. That's what that's what uh, he does. He does it well. But you have to admit, seeing something like that. Never in my wildest dreams when going into the book of Boba Fett did I think I would see Jedi and clones, clones battling in the temple during Order 66. Nick? I thought maybe we'd see Anakin. In all seriousness, I, I watched yeah. it happening, and I was like, please give us Anakin. Please let me see something happen. And we didn't get it, but I understand why we didn't. At the same point, I'm with you, Joe. My biggest regret – or my biggest regret. My biggest uh, – beef with revenge of the sith was that we didn't see more in the temple when it happened and so to see that to me was like everything i've ever wanted and more watching that happen alfie you were next yeah i think the whole thing with the book of boba fett <clears throat> we have to let go of the idea of a series in episodes i think we're we're seeing more yeah mando season one and two kind of set a, a a little pattern but now we're getting more into the Clone Wars arcs, the way that Filoni liked to set up stories. 
So three episodes, then we go to something else. Three episodes, then we go to something else. Ongoing story with the main character, such as Mandalorian, but everything else is just going to be in these little chunks. I would expect the Ahsoka series to be the same way. Three or four episodes to get you caught up on where she is today, and then boom, we're going to go transition to our you know Star Wars Avengers story. I like I would- I would agree with that, except for the fact that this, you know, Boba Fett has been more driven by Rodriguez than even Filoni. And I think that what you have is you've had what what you had the whole situation with figuring out why Boba Fett is where he's at right now. And then what's got to happen. And let's not forget, like, though, though half of this story was spent with Anakin or with Luke and Groku. Um, I also thought we might see Anakin coming down that hallway, by the way. Um we're setting up a lot there with Grogu. We're setting up a lot of his story now being told in flashback form, the way they've decided they like to do this. It happened in the Mandalorian. It's happened in the book of Boba Fett, but what else was going on during this whole time? The, the Pike syndicate trying to get their foothold now after, you know, after what they've come against with Boba Fett and everything, Boba Fett's got his muscle together. They're assembling and they're trying to assemble this army. You know, you have Cad Bane coming out of the desert at the end. And Cad Bane does something to try to plant a little bit of doubt in, in Cobb Vance's mind. And, and, you know, we haven't really Mm -hmm. talked about what he said, but when he said Boba Fett is a cold blooded killer who did a lot of killing for the empire that suddenly puts Boba Fett in a much darker light. See, we forget because they have convinced us that he's this noble guy who lived (laughs) among the, lived among the sand people for, for a spell. and, And he's changed his ways. We forget that this dude is cold as ice. And, you know, he looked, he, he talked back to Darth Vader. Never forget. He talked (laughs) back to Darth Vader. Darth Vader said, I want him alive. No disintegrations as you wish. And when he said, what about me? He's no, you know, what about solo? He's no good to me dead. You know, like he was all up in Vader's face about, I've got to get this bounty. It's all about the money for me. And now, and that's who, and that's who uh, Cad Bane knows. He knows the Boba Fett, who's a cold-blooded killer, wants nothing to do with Jedi, wants nothing to do with peace. He's all about the money. And so there's a little bit of doubt now planted and should be planted in our hearts and souls by what's going on, you know, because we're still dealing with an underworld faction. So I just think it's interesting. Let's not forget they blew up Jennifer Beale's business. Mm-hmm. And so she's probably dead. Talk about flash dance. Um <laughs> You know, uh, that is Max Rebo. Okay. He, he they didn't is show he him on it. Uh-uh. They didn't show him in there. So he may be in on, what about Max Rebo was on the barge when it blew up too. Let's not, I feel like we're giving Max Rebo a, a resurrection pass in a big way. He's still alive. He is. He still wasn't alive. in there. I watched it twice. He was not in there. They, they did not have no, him. He playing. wasn't. No, there was a drummer droid and there was a bit finger and Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a um, couple other lines. You guys have talked about the so much like your father line, but there were two other lines that really stood out to me that Ahsoka said earlier. One, to the Mandalorian, when he said, how do you know them? And she said, I'm an old family friend. Damn, how good right. of a line. Right in that. the feels. I'm an old family friend. Oh, my gosh, that was so good. Yeah, and, that's like seeing uh, – I'm sorry to cut you off. Go but- ahead. Watching it a second time, the first time is all Luke for us, right? I mean, that we're just drawn in it. The second time, what really hit me was her and R2 together. Because mm-hmm. oh. then you think back, I mean, her and R2, you know. How many times did they save the day, those two yeah. together, right? So, yeah, no, I agree. The other line, which again was foreshadowing the sequel trilogy, keep him safe. 
there's no place more safe than with Luke. Right? She says that. She says that to the Mandalorian. Go, Nick. Yes, I agree. My stomach dropped when I heard that line. And I went, oh, no, because my whole hope, <laughs> right? Like when he gives him the choice at the very end of the episode and he says, you can either go with the Mandalorian or you can stay with us. I'm the idiot looking at his TV going, man, choose the Mandalorian because <laughs> there's a there's a uh, very emotionally distraught teenager that's going to you know, destroy this temple someday. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking this. And when he says there's no place safer, I, to me, it speaks back to, we talked on the show before about the folly of the Jedi and to go like, man, this is the same sins repeating over and over and over again of, well, we're untouchable and there's nothing that can be done that can be taken place. You know, nothing that can, uh, undermine what we're doing right here and to me it was a very heart-wrenching line alfie i think you were going to say something yeah um i felt the same way about that line but this is something that i hope gets cleared up in live action because we always say comic books are like what d canon <laughs> or something but kylo ren doesn't destroy the temple and he does sure. not kill the students in the kylo ren comic book so i don't really know who does it's implied that maybe it's the emperor it's destroyed by lightning or some crap like that i, d I don't know true but true well i so so for verbal precision let me take it back it starts with a emotionally distraught teenager who right. goes seeking out snoke right well, i felt the same exact way i'm just hoping at some point we get a definitive answer on what happens at the temple. Yeah, I agree. Now, now look, hold on. I just want to push back on that a little bit. When in, in, in the last Jedi, Kylo Ren says to Ray, did he tell you what happened the night I destroyed his temple? Did you, did he tell you why? Yeah, but right. explicitly make it clear though, that like he left and didn't destroy it. So but he, he says bring the in episode seven, in? the night I destroyed his temple. Did he tell you why? I, I know he says that. And then the comics that came out right afterwards says that he didn't. Well, this is a continuity area. Come on. I mean, Lucasfilm. well, look, here, here's here's the thing. I want to go back to that line about Luke is the safest place there is. I have been sad two times watching some of these movies or some of these TV shows. One was that line. The other was in the Mandalorian. It was kind of a throwaway line with some of the X-wing pilots talking to Cara Dune, saying, "There's some deep, there's some dark stuff happening out on the outer rim." And I'm like, you know what? The the what is coming down the pipe in the sequel trilogy crap is absolutely casting a, a pallor over everything that's good about these shows. Your your the hope is eroded away out of Star Wars, and. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get off on this, on this tangent. Uh, so I will shut up, but yeah, it, it's really, it's foreboding and it's, and it's disturbing and, um, and it's, and it's unfortunate, you know, but I don't know that Grogu is going to choose Luke. Um, I, I don't, I think that, I think that Grogu may very well choose the Mandalorian. I agree. Yeah. Because just like sure. you saying about the last Jedi, you know, Luke says, basically that Ben was his first student and 
once he realized that he was going to be, he started an academy and took other force sensitive people and started training them. So that doesn't really look too well as Grogu being his first student. Mm -hmm. Plus the Naboo starfighter was built, let's face it, to put Grogu in that back compartment where the R2 unit would usually go. Uh, it's just it's just made for marketing right there. It works, right? You're going to see that kid mm -hmm. eating macaroons or whatever they're called and throwing them up in the bubble behind the Mandalorian. That's just the way I'm looking at it. If so, we so. see, but here's the thing. If we start to get more, Luke has unlocked something in him. And Luke said, I think he's remembering more than I'm teaching him. And remember, this is a 50-year-old man. He's not just a baby. And, and I'm wondering if, as he begins to remember more, if he's going to become a little more competent and less childlike. And actually I want the kids got to start talking at some point. I mean, he's 50 years old and we can say he ages slower than everyone else, but that totally then undermines Yoda being 800 years old, you know? So, so, but you, you say that he's 50 years old and he is remembering more and that his power should grow but he caused the training droid probe droid to disintegrate using the force right. and then pat and then passed out. Right. Like, so that was that doing that and using that much force to break that caused like he hasn't grown enough no, to be able to do no. a whole, whole heck of a lot using right. the force. Right. No. And, and we've seen that. We saw that in the Mandalorian, whenever he exerted himself, oh, big yeah. time, you know, he got tired. I'm just saying that Luke says, I think he's remembering more than I'm teaching right. him. No, yeah. And, and so, and, and so he did get some training. I mean, if he's 50, mm -hmm. you're talking about, he was 15, you know, uh, you know, or so uh, when the clone wars and all happened, you know, fit between 15 and 20. So he's had some training already. I think there may be because of the trauma, there may be, there may have been some stuff that he forgot. And, yep. and so that may be the journey to remember and then go from there with him. Um, I'd like to see him, like I say, I'd like to see him start talking a little bit and acting like he knows how to be a person instead of a, a, you know, a toddler. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, D doc. Yeah. And I mean, essentially, if you think about it, if we're thinking about the sequel trilogy is Grogu dead by that point, because Luke is still alive. Grogu technically should still be alive. Like he, everybody in the galaxy is fighting the first order. He could be with space whales and just away <laughs> during the sequel. Trilogy. I, I think it depends on if he's off of the Mandalorian or not. I'm pretty I, I, sure I read an interview with Favreau where he said he's not at the temple when that happens in the last Jedi. Okay. I could have made that up. I don't know, but I'm adamant that I read that those remarks. I, I just wonder, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sure their vision board is like Clone Wars, Rebels, prequels, and then like making it line up to the sequels is just like, uh, yeah, we'll kind of. Yeah, nobody's really going <laughs> to get upset about this. Hey, yeah, I don't know. There was, before we go to the, the end with the Cad Bane and Cobb Banth and all that, and the gorgeous Jawas with the uh, Krayt dragon head on top of their sand crawler, one last line that Ahsoka said to Luke before she left. Sometimes the student guides the master. And I think that was looking back, maybe I'm reading too much of it, but think about how close and how connected she was with Anakin. And while Anakin was possibly the greatest Jedi ever, the most powerful, whatever, how many times did he really rely as you got later in the, in the seasons of Clone Wars, rely on her and her be his rock that brought him back to things. So 
maybe she was thinking back to that, but but saying, you know, giving that advice to Luke at the same time about Grogu. Go ahead, Alfie. Not only just that, but the way that Anakin changed Obi Wan mm-hmm. by being his Padawan. Okay, I mean, maybe if you I- think about the way, you know, Obi Wan was a student towards uh, his master Qui Gon, they in the Phantom Menace were at odds with their, you know, vision of the force. And then as you see them in episode two, yeah, you know, Obi-Wan's kind of, you know, a lot sterner by the time of episode three, they're brothers, right. You know, they've kind of, you know, gotten the best of both of themselves in each other. Mr. Glosson, have we taken us down a path that is like you are either liking or disliking because you sat back and I thought, He's in deep contemplation right now. I was something. I was listening to Alfie because Alfie was he was on a great track. It, it, there's just so many doors that get opened up when you start talking about the Jedi training and that sort of thing, especially when you get into Anakin's training and Anakin training Ahsoka. And you're right, like they they all influenced one another, and Anakin definitely influenced Obi Wan in a lot of ways. I mean, when you see those guys at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, and and Obi Wan says, "I sense a trap," and Anakin's like, "What's next?" Obi Wan smiles and says, "Spring the trap." You know, there is that kind of sense of adventure they've got with one another. But I also always felt like that the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin was a lot more one-sided. I think that Anakin always felt guarded and, and, and because of his secrets and because of, you know, what he was dealing with, look, he, he killed all those Tusken Raiders. He killed, you know, he killed the sand people not just the men, but the women and the children. He said, they're animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. And we just kind of let that go in Attack of the Clones, like he didn't do anything majorly wrong because his mother was killed by them, and so we kind of get it. But at the same time, he didn't come back and tell Obi-Wan that. Mm. You know, He didn't say, hey, Obi-Wan, while I was on Tatooine, let me tell you what happened. (laughs) I I killed some people out of pure rage. not at all does it have he doesn't and so i think that obi-wan looked at his relationship with anakin and said we're like brothers and anakin looked and said you're someone i could never trust to fully let in i could never be 100 percent honest with you because i knew that you would judge me because you were so sold out to the order and so i think when when you get to episode four when you get to the original star wars and obi-wan sits back and says and he was a good friend i think that's very one-sided in that relationship and i and i do think that they all influence one another but I, I do think that when you, you know, when you say they were like brothers, I think Obi-Wan considered Anakin a mm. brother, but I don't know that Anakin ever considered that of Obi-Wan. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. And that's the saddest part of it, right? Because like even in Attack or even in Revenge of the Sith, when Obi-Wan goes to see Padme and he goes, Anakin's the father, isn't he? Mm. I'm so sorry. Right. Like uh, when you see in uh, season seven of the Clone Wars, where Obi-Wan knows that Anakin is talking with Padme, right? Like you see, like it's right there. Like, like Obi-Wan's not a dummy, right? And he sees this stuff happening. To me, I think that's the tragedy to this whole thing is like, I can't trust you. And yet Obi-Wan is our, he's, when he says he's like a brother, it's like, I see the blind spots that you don't even see. And so to me, I think, I think you're right on Steve. That that's sad to me. Well, we, we have been going for a long time, so I want to I want to get through the rest of this and and great great talking points. I, I love all of it. I wish we could do an hour long show just on that discussion right there. Um, let, let's hop over to to Tatooine. Did anybody else? I know Alfie and I talked about it. The first time I saw the deputy, I thought, "Are we getting Dash Rindar in um, 
in this episode. It's the first thought that came through my it mind. It looked just like him for a second. <laughs> I bet it hopped into my head and I was like, no, that can't be Dash Rendar. And then we find out, no, he's just some flunky. He gets just shot. Deputy Scott. Deputy Scott gets shot up by Cad Bane. Deputy um, Deadbeat. <laughs> Deputy Deadmeat. Yep. <laughs> um, so let's flash forward to it. One, Cobb Band is a good character. I hope he didn't die like we discussed. I hope it's a shot like Cad Bane did to Hunter in Bad Batch where it got him, like you said, in the shoulder um, because I want to see more of him. I think that's a good character. And obviously Brent thinks he has Jenna Sequa. Um, and um, let's face it, when, when Cad Bane walks in from the desert like that, there's probably only been a couple other interests that are that BA, one being Darth Maul from The Phantom Menace, one being Darth Vader walking into A New Hope at the beginning of that movie right there, and him just strolling in like that. I mean, you're like, dang, I know he's kind of a bad guy, but that dude is, that dude's cool. Um, he's really cool. Any of your guys' thoughts on any of that last part of the scene and then uh, as you said, the the, the uh, end with Luke and, and Grogu talking about the decision we got to make. So, Nick, I'll let you start. Everybody else, go around. It was awesome. And and as many times as I've heard the spoiler that, you know, Cad Bane is going to show up in this series or we're going to see something, I was so – you know, I, I'm not like Alfie. I wish I was, but I'm not. We're like, I love to be surprised by stuff. I was genuinely surprised sitting here watching that happen uh, my, my one question that I have as I watched it was they do such a good job of showing so many different angles of Cad Bane, one of them being down by his boots where he does not, maybe I missed it, does not have his jet pack, uh, you know, on, on his feet, like the, wh- whatever you call it, the, mm-hmm. the rocket I, boots, the rocket boots. He doesn't have the rocket yeah. boots. Nope. I, did anybody, does anybody know why that's the case? I, that was one of my questions for tonight. Sand they is coarse and it gets everywhere. They wear out, <laughs> they wear out after a while. And it, there's a, there's an episode that never ended. They, they never did finish the episode where Cad Bane and Boba Fett have their shootout in Clone right, Wars. Right. Did they? No. Yeah. There was, there was some damage there, but also I think it's just a matter of, you know, things wear out, things get old. Yep. Uh, Brent, what were your thoughts on these last few scenes here? I mean, that was the scene that everybody was fist pumping. Uh, Chris Hershey, who I play in Legions all the time, he wears a Cad Bane shirt on the back of like of his jersey type shirt. Um, so to see Cad Bane in live action, um, they did a really good job. I know that there was some people that didn't like it. Um, it was a little light colored blue than what he was in the cartoons, but uh, uh, he was very menacing and he was. Uh, he was cool. It was, I mean, it's, it is interesting to see where it goes. Will they continue to um, run the spice or will they continue to fight against the spice? Will they join up with Mando to try to get rid of those guys? I don't know. I, I, I left it. It left me thinking that Cad was, or not Cad, um, Cobb Vanth was dead. Um, I'm in the Cobb Vanth is dead category. However, I also know it's Star Wars and no one dies in Star Wars. No one's ever really gone. Everybody really says gone. that. Everybody says that. I put a whole list of people that were dead the other day on Twitter because some fool said that. Um, I, I, you, when you, when you watch it, he does, get, he does get shot in the shoulder, much like Leia got shot in the shoulder in Return of the Jedi. Um, and, and he goes down. I, the light blue. Listen, this is how many years after we saw Cad Bane last in the Clone Wars? You know, 40 years plus? 
Of course, who knows how a Duros ages? Do you? I don't. His skin may get lighter. Come on, everybody. People complain about it. It's a lighter blue well, in, than it was in the Clone Wars. Why is it so tanning, much lighter blue? Instead of tanning, when he gets in the sun like that, his skin lightens. Or he's just that? old. He's just old and pale because he's <laughs> he's not. I mean, this is a Clint Eastwood age. This is Clint Eastwood from like Unforgiven. You know, hell of a thing killing a man. And and Wow. <laughs> I, I I liked it. Like I'm telling, like the voice yeah. to me, like the voice was right oh, on point. Yeah, it was. It, the, well, it was Corey the, Burton. The creepiness of the way he was portrayed, the way that he delivered the lines, was on cue or was like was spot on. Like everything about it, the way he had his head down at the start of it as he was talking and didn't reveal his face towards the end of until towards the end of the conversation. Everything about that was awesome. Yeah, it the, was uh, the original. It was the original voice actor from the Clone Wars doing it, Corey mm-hmm. Burton. And um, uh, I just, I, it was so cool to see him in live action. The teeth threw me off a little bit. I didn't realize he had such I sharp agree. teeth. But other than that, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe no. he had such sharp teeth. You know, I mean, uh, and so, but people who are complaining about his skin being a lighter blue, come on, they all, those people need to just, I mean, even his fingers, they even had his fingers right, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so weird to see this in live action, but awesome at the same time. It was wizard. D-Doc, it was go. wizard. <laughs> and and we've we uh d- I I think uh, many episodes back we discussed this. Which mm. fir- first point I want to say is the first ever Rule of the Galaxy episode I was ever on was called Plot Armor, and to me the mods are plot armor now because if anybody gets shot, they're on Boba's team. They can technically fix them. The mm. mods are on mm. their team, so maybe maybe Cobb Vanth might need you know a couple little pins put in his shoulder, but he should be fine in my opinion. Couple I, hydraulics, I think- yeah. <laughs> I, I think his second appearance was way too damn good. It was even better than the first time he showed up. I, I just think he's a great actor and he's good for Star Wars. But when it comes to Bane, they just, I love uh, seeing live action production where they actually use real stuff and they used the perfect amount of real stuff on his face. Like, obviously, there was some CGI mixed in with it. I think it was kind of like, a blender of both the eyes obviously had some cgi but they they know that star wars looks good in these series when it looks a little bit wonky and real and yeah. the, those yeah. teeth were freaking awesome yeah it was incredible yeah the, the the there's something about the the light when you, you if you go back to the holiday special um and all the cantina aliens that b arthur is singing to in the holiday special ah they look weird because the lighting is different. And when you bring these characters out into the sunlight, you know, it's a hard thing to Mm -hmm. make these aliens and these costumes look okay. in this lighting, that was one of the secrets of that, of, of, of the original trilogy was lighting. You know, a lot of times these, the, 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 the alien heavy scenes were done in dark places, the cantina Jabba's palace inside the cell barge, and if you were outside with them, a lot of times it was a wide shot or just really quickly. Um, the fact that they're challenging themselves to have long shots in good lighting with these aliens and stuff just tells you just how far things have come. But I, gosh, that whole scene is just like, you know, it just shows you how much can work when you throw Star Wars into Star Wars as a Western, Star Wars as a fairy tale, Star Wars as a, a myth and a legend, you know. And regardless of where they take the story, it's it's just a thing of beauty. I was just watching that scene while y'all were talking about it. And just as he just strides back off into the desert, oh, mm. 
it's just amazing. It's just so cool and so great. Well, I, like I said, we've gone extra long tonight. I, I want to let you guys go and, and, and uh, you know, we all have work and everything in the morning, all that stuff. So here's what I'll close with. Uh, one, I'll go just, well, I'll start. I'll call your name. You give me some answers and then give me your closing thoughts. But one, is Garza Whip dead? Two, is is Grogu going to choose the lightsaber or the uh, armor? And three, give me your closing thoughts. And I'm going to start with Mr. Brent Dykeman. <laughs> Vanta's dead. Garza's dead. Chainmail. <laughs> All right. You have a and you have a uh, Legion thing coming up this weekend. Or yeah, if the, if if the snow allows it. Okay. Um, Saturday yeah, in Greenwood, so, right? Yeah. It's, so it's just a casual get together and play. So uh, okay. if uh, anyone that listens that's in the Greenwood area and wants to play, come on out. I'll teach you the game if you've never heard about it. I just it's fun to run around and pew pew with dice and act like you're in the Star Wars universe. There you go. On the south side of Indy, Greenwood, Indiana, there will be a game preserve, a Star Wars Legion this Saturday with Mr. Brent and some others at noon. So yep. Brent, so dead, dead chainmail. Dead, dead chainmail. Nick Shesky, Garza Whip, Grogu. Closing thoughts. Dead. Cobb Vance, not dead. Timothy Oliphant is too high ranking of an actor to be killed off that casually. Uh, and I think it's the well. armor. I think the whole point of the armor and why they put it together was for this very moment right now. When they, when we saw those little uh, ringlets come down in the mm-hmm. last episode or the second to last episode. I was hoping it was chain mail. And when they opened that thing up and you saw it, it was just chef's kiss. Beautiful. <laughs> He's taking the armor, man. His heart's not in it. You got it. You got it. And if you need some extra guns or lightsabers for your son to play with, let me know. I've got Always. extras here at the house and I don't have grandkids yet. So they're just sitting in my office. Uh, D doc answers and closing thoughts. Yeah, I think uh, I think she's still alive. I do. I I think somehow that's just going to happen. Um, I think there's a reason that in the previous episode they had brought up that one of the first Mandalorians was a Jedi and a Mandalorian. I mean, they they kind of dropped that right before. Now we're seeing this choice here. So I want to say he's going. I want to say he's going to choose both. I just okay. want to say Grogu's going to force pull both of them to him and be like, "Yo, I can do this." So that's that'll be my answer on that. And final thoughts is, you know, we've gotten a, you know, we've forgotten about the main plot a little bit here. But as as we've said, this might be a bit like Clone Wars, where we have separate storylines that all tell one big story. So I can't freaking wait to see what we're going to see next Wednesday. You got it. You got it. Alfie, how about you? She should be dead. She was standing literally five feet from the bomb, but I think she's still alive. She has plot armor. But uh, Grogu, I think, will choose the lightsaber at least for a little bit. Okay. I think there will be more of him and Luke together (laughs) before he leaves for Mando. But then again, I could be wrong because I'd just as well like to see Luke's in this climax, Luke's X-Wing come in and blast the pikes or whatever. Both of them, you know, Anakin force jump out of their X-Wing and start slicing people up. But this episode was like reading Heir to the Empire back in 93. I'm sorry, okay. but her saying Master Luke, this was everything that I've imagined 
since reading Heir to the Empire to this episode. It was absolutely perfect. And I can't wait to see the teaser next week for Luke's Jedi Academy, the series coming oh. 2024 or whatever. Okay. Okay. Mr. Glosson. Um, I think Garza is dead because I think that's <clears throat> going to be a little bit of a, a, a motivational, emotional, motivational thing for Boba Fett and, and what's going on. Um, I think Cobb Vanth is alive. You can kind of, when you rewatch it, you see that the shot hits his shoulder and it's just one, whereas deputy got lit up and you could hear Cobb Vanth as he was walking off singing. I shot the sheriff and I dang sure shot the deputy. Um, and then, uh, and then the final thing, Oh, I don't know. I I'm really oh. torn about the Grogu choice. I think he picks the armor and um and i don't know if that brings him back to tatooine at the end of the but i also don't think we'll know that choice maybe until the mandalorian season three i think that that's one of those things we're going to have to sit on and wait for a long time and because i do think this next episode is going to be all fett versus pike and the townspeople of freetown rising up to to stand with fett and them and um and there may be a twist ending where fett does end up being like you're all my subjects now kind of thing and and it becomes a I don't know. You know, it just, it's, it's an interesting thing. The show, the show in the past couple of weeks has really captured my attention. I have, I've, I've gone from just kind of casually watching and being like, that's nice. That's neat to, Oh, okay. I'm paying attention now. <laughs> I see you book of Boba Fett. So it's interesting that the two episodes that have the least amount of Boba Fett have been for me, the best episodes, but it's been, it hasn't been a bad show at all. I just yeah. haven't been as overwhelmed and super excited. I think as some people have been about it i love brent and i was just giving him a super hard time about everything i hope you don't take it personally buddy i i take zero things personally i like i said i know i'm a uh, i like the sequels better than the prequels i am not a huge lover of the clone wars and throughout all of this discussion that we've talked about this episode the love of the clone wars brings out a lot of what you guys loved about this episode so mm -hmm. the connection to the yep. clone wars and if you are connected to the clone wars mm -hmm you're going to get an even deeper appreciation from this, this episode because yeah. it had a lot of those tie-ins and it had a lot of, and I like the clone wars, but it's not something that, again, I'm a rebels fan over the clone wars fan. Mm. Um, so that's just who I am. And I know, like, I guess, like I stand hey, on it. I know I'm the only one that does. It's, it's our shtick. The show is, that's our shtick is we, you know, one of us picks on one of the other one, every episode, somebody gets, <laughs> say, somebody sticks it to somebody else. It's all good. Um, I'm going to throw something out there. My, my long shot, my Hail Mary, the thing I'm going to go for with this one, I, I hate to say that Garza's dead, but I think she is. Two, I like the idea more that let's see if he can become the Mandalorian Jedi that Vizsla was way back when, when the story started of being the one, and he's with the guy who's got the Darksaber, so it kind of makes sense that they could partner up and be that um and last but not least with all this deep fake with all this stuff this voice stuff this this way of making people look the age everything like that i'm throwing out a long bomb hail mary right here that feloni favreau and the crew are going to do what the sequels did not do and they're going to put the big three back together in either the next episode or in something coming up soon han solo luke and leia even if it's for a brief moment, just looking at each other after something happens, 
very soon with this deep fake te technology, we're going to see the big three together again, at least one more time, even if it's for a brief moment. That's, that's what I'm calling. I may be way off, but they showed Leia in the rise of Skywalker. They've got the de-aging stuff going for Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones. I'm just saying if Luke looked this good this time, it could happen. It's um, going to happen. Alfie's with me. There we go. I've got one on my side. Here we go. Um, to you guys all, thank you. It was a long show. My wife's probably thinking, what the heck are you doing, honey? I'll finish up with the show in a minute. Um, thank you all for being here. It's always great, Steve, to have you here. Brent, Nick, D-Doc, Alfie, you guys are my rocks. You guys are my all-stars who I lean on all the time. Thank you so very much. Steve, you are a rock star in the Star Wars world. We, we love having you on, and we can't thank you enough. Um, and and you know what? To our listeners and followers, thank you guys again for giving us 122 chances to win you over and, and make you laugh a little bit. Um, follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter, Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. Just Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and Twitter again. And until next week, may the Force be with you. Thank you.